Thank you for listening to this week's Freedom Church podcast. We hope it helps and inspires you. What a great time baptising people. It's, it is definitely, probably baptism and dedication, some of my favourite moments in church world that we get to do these things. I feel very privileged to be part of them. It's great. Those of you who are regulars at our church, if you're visiting here today, ignore the whole stuff about giving. But those who are part of us, I want to encourage you, please, to consider what you want to give to next week's building fund. Um, we are desperately looking for a new home for Freedom Church, trying to find every plot of land, every available warehouse. And we do need to get together um, some substantial amount of funds to enable us to place a deposit when we need to uh, on any property we'll be looking at. So please do come ready to give. Or as Julie said, get hold of that quids in and get yourselves on there. Even the young people, the young people here today, you could give us a pound a month. That would be fantastic. My desire is everyone participates. That's what church is about. It's about community and family. We participate. Not everyone can give a lot, but some can give a small amount. But if everyone gets involved, we all own it together rather than it being someone else's vision or someone else's effort. So anyway, first of all, let's go to Matthew chapter 16 in your Bibles. If you've got a Bible with you, please... uh, Turn it on. Some of you got that one. If you haven't, you can even open them up and look at the pages. Um, Matthew 16, verses 13, and it should come up on the screen as well. It says this. This is about um, Peter, one of the apostles of Jesus. Um, He says this. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he said to his disciples, Who do people say that the Son of Man is? Well, they replied, some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, others say Jeremiah or one of the other prophets. Then he asked them, but who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. Jesus replied, and you are blessed, Simon, son of John, because my father in heaven has revealed this to you. You did not learn this from any human being. Now I say to you, you are Peter, which means rock. And upon this rock I will build my church, and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom. Whatever you forbid on earth will be forbidden in heaven. Whatever you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven. Then he sternly warned the disciples not to tell anyone that he was the Messiah. Let's pray, shall we? Lord God, we thank you for your word. We thank you your word has life. We thank you. Your word has caused life to come in the form of four people today who've chosen to publicly declare their decision to follow you through the words you spoke thousands of years ago through this incredible word. We pray as we study this man, Peter, we would learn something that would benefit us today, thousands of years later on, for your sake, for your glory, for your purposes, we pray. Amen. Amen. I don't know if you have a nickname. I don't know whether you have a name that you're known by, whether it's an, you know, a, a nice one that your family endearingly call you and have done since you were a baby, or whether it's a name that you picked up at primary school that seemed to have stuck around, and, or whether it's a name from work where you've made a bit of an embarrassing mistake and you've always kept that name. I don't know what sort of nickname you have or whether even the conversation on nicknames is uncomfortable for you. You think, oh, please don't mention nicknames. Or whether it's something you're very proud about. It's become your email address, which is great until you apply for a job and they say, what's your email address? And then you have to put down the embarrassing nickname as your email address. I've had a few of those application forms come in before. But here is some little, little quiz for you. Here are some famous nicknames. Let's have some pictures on the screen. The first one, see if you can see who is this, what's this person's nickname? 
Sting. This is Sting. For those who don't know, his real name is Gordon Sumner. Wasn't going to work, was it? Gordon Sumner, the bass player for the police, but he was called Sting as a nickname because when he first started playing in a jazz band many years before police, he wore a black and yellow striped jumper. So they called him Sting, and it stuck. And so if you said, who wants to buy the latest album from Gordon Sumner? Not sure there'd be a rush to the shops, would there? Okay, second one then. Who is this person? Whoopi Goldberg. Do you know why she's called Whoopi? Yes, it is that reason. Apparently, she is a very good imitator of a Whoopi cushion. And so she picked up the name when she worked on the stage that she would be known as Whoopi for that very reason, for being a human Whoopi cushion. Her real name is Karen. Next one then. Who's this? Can I just say as well, when you're Googling for pictures on PowerPoint slides, you have to be very careful sometimes what you look for. But this is Miley Cyrus, and she's called Miley as her nickname. When she was a child, she was called Smiley. Her, her parents, her family called her Smiley, and it just stuck, eventually became Miley, and now she's actually changed her name to Miley. She was born Destiny Hope, but is now known as Miley. That's her actual name. And this one's specially for Judith. To be honest, I look in the mirror and I think I look like him in the mornings. This person, what's his nickname? The Rock. Some of you are there going, yes, we got it. Some of you are going, really? This is The Rock. He was known as The Rock when he was a wrestler. Last year, he was named as the top 10 most influential people in the world. Yeah, I thought that as well. Um, but this is Dwayne Johnson, who's more well-known probably for his acting more recently in the films Fast and Furious. Before that, he was a wrestler because his dad was called Rocky Johnson and his granddad was called Peter. So he was called The Rock. That's the link. Your name and your nickname is really important. What you are called and who gives you that name is very important. It's very powerful. You think about if you've had children, when you name children, the time you spend considering what you're going to call that child. Some of my children are sitting here this morning. I must be careful what I say. But we took a lot of time, Lottie and I, to decide what to name our children. Then they'd be born the wrong gender. And we were like, oh, no, we've got to start again. But who names you and what you are named is really important. Names can bring you up and make you feel tall, and also, names can make you shrink and feel really small. When someone speaks well of you and speaks the best out of you, you know, a good nickname can be very powerful. And who names you and what you're called is very significant. So this man, Peter, became known as The Rock. He wasn't a wrestler. It was just a name that Jesus gave him. So the last few weeks at church, we've been doing this teaching series called Band of Brothers. We looked at all the disciples, all the 12 followers of Jesus. And, but the one we didn't really look at in much detail because we knew we were going to be doing this four or five week series on Peter was this man, Peter, because he was the leader of the 12 disciples. He was in all the four lists in the Bible. He's always the number one on the list. He was the main man. He has a lot written about him in the Bible. There's a whole book written about him as well. But here's the thing, although he was the leader of the disciples, and Jesus saw so much in him, he gives me so much hope. Because when I look at the Peter in the Bible, there are a few things he did that were a little bit off-piste. So he was outspoken. When Jesus said to his disciples, I want to come and wash all your feet at the Last Supper, 
Peter says, oh, you can't wash my feet. You know, you know I, I'm not good enough for you to wash my feet, Jesus. And then Jesus said to him, well, if I can't wash your feet, then, I, then you have nothing to do with me. So then he responds and said, well, in that case, wash all of me. I'll have a full body wash then, please, Jesus. And he, Jesus probably think at that point, no thanks. The feet were bad enough. He was outspoken. He was eager. When Jesus comes walking on the water, the disciples in the boat, Peter goes, I'd like to do that. I fancy a go. Can I come and walk on water? And I'm sure his followers, the disciples were probably laughing at Peter. I'm sure he had his own nicknames given to him by his 11 friends. But he was the only disciple that ever walked on water, however briefly that might have been. He was enthusiastic when Jesus was arrested and the Romans centurion with probably 100 plus soldiers came along to arrest Jesus. Peter, the fisherman, thought, I know, I'll start attacking them with a sword. Genius. It wasn't even very good. He missed and sliced an ear off one of the servants of the priests. He was enthusiastic. He had great intentions. When Jesus was arrested, he went off with Jesus. He followed him. He thought, I must try and keep a track and see what's going on. The other disciples, the Bible says, ran away. But Peter followed him. And although he did also deny him, when people said, are you with Jesus? He said, well, no, I'm not with Jesus. He did it three times before the cock crowed that evening. But Jesus then forgave that fantastic moment where Jesus three times said, will you feed my sheep, feed my lamb? Peter was a significant part of the, of the gospel messages we see there through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And then we come into the book of Acts, and Peter was his passionate communicator. Amazing. A guy who often would put his foot into his mouth before he actually operated his brain, stood up in front of thousands of people and preached the message of Jesus Christ and used the historical uh, prophet of Joel and, and told them the story of what was going on that day in Acts chapter 2, Pentecost. And 3,000 people got baptized in one day. I don't think they had baptism classes. I don't think they all told their story. That'd be a lot of stories to hear, wouldn't it? 3,000 stories. I'm not even sure how qualified those baptizing them would have been. But 3,000 people got baptized. I long for the day when we see thousands getting baptized. It was been brilliant to have four, but wouldn't it be amazing to see thousands getting saved? I don't know where we do it. Down the Solent or something. He was also, Peter became a leader in the early church and he became a well-known healer. He ended up, he brought Dorcas back to life. It was said about Peter that if you could just carry the sick friends and family and place them in his, his shadow, then they would be healed. Imagine that, he would just walk along and his shadow would cast over people lying on the side of the road and they would be healed. And he was the most significant of the early church leaders. He set up the early church. He became the rock that the church was built upon. Jesus saw something in Simon, as he was called, that was going to help bring the foundation of the church through Peter, who he was. Jesus used the terms often interchangeably, sometimes Simon, sometimes Peter, it, sometimes it feels a bit like Simon was his humanity and Peter was his spirituality. That, that Simon was the things he did wrong and the mistakes he made. And sometimes Jesus would gently correct him and he would use the word Simon. Don't you understand what I'm doing? But when he'd be calling great things out of him, he'd call him Peter. Because I know who you're meant to be. Two sides of the same person. Can you imagine how frustrating it must be for Jesus to see the huge potential within Peter. 
but seeing Simon make so many mistakes. I wonder how much potential you hold within you that Jesus sees, but sometimes doesn't quite go the way maybe it should go. Maybe we make mistakes and do things wrong, but Jesus is still there saying, there's a great person within you. There's something wonderful within you. I want to share with you three thoughts today from the story of Peter that I believe have absolutely huge impact upon your life and my life today and relates to those getting baptised this morning. Number one, we need to have clarity. Who do you say Jesus is? I was born in a Christian home myself. I, my dad was a church pastor. And we went to church every Sunday. And I remember that was great. We went. I was very happy going to church. But there came a moment for me personally when I had to decide, is this my story or my family's story? Is this Jesus a person that's just someone that my parents refer to? Or is this somebody that I have to say, this is my faith and my journey? And so at the age of 13, I got baptized. I remember it very, very clearly. It was a moment for me where I went, I know that Jesus is real and I'm choosing to follow him the rest of my life. It was my decision. It was my faith. It was a moment where I went, I know who Jesus is and I want to be connected to him. Matthew 16, that verse we read there, he said, well, some of them replied, some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, others say Jeremiah or one of the other prophets. But Jesus asked them and he asks you and I today, Who do you say I am? It doesn't matter what other people say. It doesn't matter. You know, we have to cut through the noise. The world is very noisy. There is a lot around us. There is information overload. People are saying all kinds of things about Jesus. It doesn't actually matter what other people say, what they write, what they think, what they promote, what comes out on video or on the internet. The question is, what do you say? Who do you say Jesus is? We need to cut through all the noise around us. The first week of the Alpha course is all about this, who Jesus is. Was he a historical character, a saviour of the world, a son of God, a friend, a forgiver of sins, or was he a great teacher? Who was Jesus? Who is he to you? Will you get some clarity? C.S. Lewis is quoted on that first week of Alpha. It's a lovely quote. He says this, A man who was merely a man, And said the sort of things Jesus said would not be a great moral teacher. He would either be a lunatic or the devil of hell. You must make your choice. Either this man was and is the son of God or a madman or something worse. Let us not come up with any patronizing nonsense about his being a great human teacher. He has not left that open to us. He did not intend to. Who is Jesus for you? What clarity do you have? What do you say? It doesn't matter what other people say. What do you say? You might be thinking, oh, well, I I go to church regularly, Sim. I I come from a Christian background like you do. I've been christened. I I go to church at Easter at Christmas. I I help in the Freedom Kids program. I'm involved in the big team, and I help put the chairs out this morning. I go to a school where they teach Christian values. These are all good things. But who do you say Jesus is? doesn't even matter what I think, or your, your husband, or your wife, or your friend, or your neighbor. Who do you say? What is your clarity? Because I believe as you verbally declare or write it down, if that helps, who Jesus is, it will bring clarity to what you understand about your reality. The second thing is identity. Once Peter understood who Jesus was, he had clarity. He said, Jesus, you are the Son of God. You are the Messiah. There's this lovely moment where Jesus spins it all around and says, 
You're the rock. You're, you're, you're no longer Simon. You're Peter. There was a moment where the clarity happens for Peter that the identity becomes really clear. Who are you in Christ? I had this awkward moment a couple of weeks ago. A child ran up to me and he blew a raspberry. And then he kind of smiled at me. And I said to him, I said, what's your name? And he said, my name's Isaac. And he blew another raspberry. He's about four years old. I said, I've got an Isaac as well. It's even embarrassing to say. I then said to him, he could be a bit of a nightmare too. (laughs) And as I said it, I thought, why did you say that over a four-year-old child? What was in your head that thought that was actually appropriate? And then it gets worse because I'm now feeling really awkward. So I go and find the mum. I go find the mum of little Isaac and I say, excuse me, I'm really sorry. I've just met your son. He just blew a raspberry. That's fine. No problem with that. I then said to him, he's a bit of a nightmare. I am really sorry. I should never say that over another child. And she was like, what's wrong with you? I don't know. Please. I mean, it's funny. It's a joke. I get it. But you know what? It's really important what we say about other people. You know, one of my biggest bugbears is people who put children in T-shirts with unhelpful things upon them. You know, here, here comes, I'm a mini monster. You know, I'm a nightmare to live with. You know, my parents can't sleep because I'm here. Those kind of slogans people put on them, I mean, and worse, are out there as well. And I've said this before. What we say about, especially about children or those who are, you know, early years, what we say is very formational. Who are you? Who is your identity in? Because when, when we hear people consistently say the same things, it actually shapes who we become. And Jesus is in the same verse we heard earlier from Judith, 2 Corinthians. This means anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person or a new creation. The old is gone, a new life has begun. The old is gone, a new life has begun. If you follow Jesus today, he will reveal himself to you and the identity you have in him, in Christ. Also at the Bible, Jesus, God gives people different names. You'll know some of the stories of Abraham becoming Abraham, of Saul becoming the Apostle Paul, of Simon becoming Peter, the rock. This is Peter, the impulsive, impetuous, unreliable in human minds. But Jesus looks at him and gives him a new identity. He says, in me, you will be like a rock. You will be reliable. You will be steadfast. You will be something that I have complete confidence in. I don't know what your name is today or what nickname you carry, but I know that if you get clarity on who Jesus is for you personally, he will turn around to you like he did with Peter and he said, I see the real you. I see who you are. And I want to say your identity in Christ is always much greater than what other people say about you. This is why names are so important. Words are powerful. Careful who you allow to label you, what names you accept find your identity in Jesus Christ himself. He will see the real you. He is the son of the creator God who made you and he knows who you're meant to be and the potential you carry. So Peter had his clarity moment. He got his identity and his final point for all of us here today, he gives a destiny. A destiny. Galatians 3 says this, you are all children of God through faith in Christ Jesus. And all have been united with Christ in baptism. Have put on Christ like putting on new clothes. If you've been baptized today, it's like you've been putting on new clothes. 
There is no longer Jew or Gentile, slave or free, male and female. You are all one in Christ Jesus. And now that you belong to Christ, you are the true children of Abraham. You are his heirs and God's promise to Abraham belongs to you. When you decide to follow Jesus, you get clarity on the question, who is Jesus to you? And you understand your identity in Christ. You don't just get new life. You get new family. You, you, you participate in the family of old. You become part of the, the Abraham, the tribe of Israel. You become part of the history as well as part of the future of God's people. You have been given, the Bible says there, the keys to the kingdom. Jesus said this to Peter, You are blessed, Simon, son of John, because my Father in heaven has revealed this to you. You did not learn this from any human being. When you declare who Jesus is, understand who you are in him, we become heirs with Christ. We are brothers and sisters, and he gives us the key to the kingdom. Have you ever received a key as a gift? Or, where's Emma Brider? Stand up, Emma. Did you get a key recently? What was it for? Did the key do anything by itself? But what did the key do? Start the engine. Unlock the potential. Uh, where is Will and Rebecca? Did you get a key recently, Will? What was it for? But did the key do anything? Not until you used it. You could preach my sermon for me. You need to get the key, the potential. The key isn't worthless. A key is a bit of metal. Anyone else get a key recently to a house, to a car, to a, uh, I don't know what it might have been. A key unlocks potential. The key in and of itself, if, if Peter had received this gift of the keys of the kingdom, and there's a whole other teaching series through that, he said, thanks Jesus for the keys to the kingdom. And then puts them on the mantelpiece to have a look at. Who knows that's a waste of a key. If Emma received her key from her dad, that's thanks dad for the key. It's a beautiful looking key. I'll hang it on my wall. Or if Will and Rebecca said, thanks very much for the key. It's a lovely key. I'll hang it in the middle of my two-bedroom house and I'll ignore the three-bedroom house down the road. You wouldn't do that, would you? Keys have potential, but the potential has to be used. Jesus said to Peter, you are the rock and I give you the keys of the kingdom. You can unlock things here on earth as it is in heaven. And what you give permission to and what you forbid will happen in heaven as on earth. We, as followers of Jesus Christ, don't just carry his identity as brothers and sisters. We carry his anointing and power in our destiny. We are given keys to the kingdom and we are responsible not just to put those keys in our pocket, but to use those keys. And I want to say to those getting baptized, who got baptized this morning, to Esther and to Claire and to Gareth and to Zara, that, that you've been given an incredible moment here today where God, through the power of the Holy Spirit, has met you through the symbolic act of baptism. That I know there'll be some challenges coming up, but I also know that as you step into the days ahead, there'll be opportunity to use those keys and declare God's blessing in circumstances that you might find challenging. So actually, there is potential in the power of the keys of the kingdom. They've been given to you. Let's make sure we are people who understand that we carry those keys. But they're not just there to be waved around like, aren't we clever? Put them around a necklace or something. But they're there to be used for his sake, for his purposes. Get the band back up if that's okay. I'm going to bring this to an end. It's been so good today isn't it, to watch those people getting baptized, to hear their stories of declaration of who Jesus is to them. Peter understood 
who Jesus was. He got clarity on the question. And the question I want to leave with you today is, who do you say Jesus is to you? Is he an historical figure? Something someone else talks about? Is he a swear word you've heard used? Or is he as real to you today as a son of God who overcame death and is your friend? When you get clarity on who Jesus is, you will receive an identity in him that will shape your destiny. Let's pray, shall we? Father God, I thank you that we can look back and see this interaction between Peter and your son Jesus. And you offer us the same question, the same encounter today. You still ask the question, I know what other people say, but who do you say I am? Lord, help us get clarity on that, that question. That we may know that we are sons and daughters of Christ. That we are in you. We are new creations. And then we may get hold of the keys of the kingdom which you've given to each one of us who says yes to you. And we would unlock the power of heaven here on earth, we pray. Lord, I thank you for those who've been baptized. And I want to pray a, a specific blessing on each one of them. On Gareth, on Claire, on Zara, on Esther. That they would know your blessing by the blessing you prayed over Peter. That they would know they have the keys of the kingdom like you gave to Peter. That they would unlock on earth that which is unlocked in heaven, we pray. And for all of us sitting here, however old or new we are in this Christian journey, whether we are new Christians or been around for many, many years, we pray that you'd remind us again of that question, who do we say you are? That we would put you back at the centre of our lives. Lord, we're sorry where we've let things drift or slip. We're sorry where you've suddenly gone to one side of our focus. And we say, Jesus, will you be the centre? Will we have clarity once more about who you are so our identity can be pure? And we can be confident in who we are and what we are becoming. In your name, in your power, we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you. For more information about Freedom Church, please go to www.freedomchurch.uk. Thank you for listening.